Welcome to Tucker Talks, where your host Mel Tucker goes all in. From music to moguls, culture to cuisine, and ball, ball, ball. And now, Renaissance man and overall good guy, Michigan State head football coach, Mel Tucker. Welcome to Tucker Talks. I'm Mel Tucker, and today we're talking with Michigan Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson. Secretary Benson is the 43rd Secretary of State in Michigan's history and the former CEO of RISE. What's up? <laughs> and so I, yeah, I'm glad you found me. I've been, I've been I'm glad I, I'm glad I found you. Also, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you at? Are you? Where are you currently? Are you at the office I'm still? Right in my home office. I'm going to turn on my microphone here so you've got a little bit better sound, hopefully. But uh, yeah, been working out of my basement uh, office now since the pandemic hit in March. I get into my Detroit and Lansing office sometime. Yeah. How are you yeah, doing? I'm doing I'm doing great. I can't complain. I'm just enjoying sunny East Lansing and enjoying being a Spartan. And uh, how's how's the back to school going for you guys? You you have one son. Uh, a little um, four year old who started. Preschool. Yeah. He's very yeah. happy. He's they're They're having school outside at his school. Uh, how's that going? So he loves it. He's an outdoors person. So he gets to go hiking every day in the woods. Uh, That's good. <laughs> so he's enjoying it with his classmates i think it's he just likes to get out of the house after six months well that's that's good i know that's a i mean back to school and some people are homeschooling some people are in person and it's been a challenge yeah he's I been think. wearing a mask like a like a champ as all his classmates have as well yeah and uh he's really excited for opening night with football the kick, opening kickoff tonight too he loves watching football he really does more yeah. than sports so I think he's excited to at least see the NFL come back tonight. Well, we got the Chiefs and the uh, and the Texans tonight. Yeah, I'll be tuned in as well. I know you only got thirty minutes, so you're on a tight schedule. So we'll we'll try to get going. So uh, first of all, I really want to thank you again for speaking to our team last month. They really enjoyed Absolutely. that. That was I fantastic. Mean, uh, I mean, you've got such a great group <laughs> of of athletes and leaders there, and assistant coaches and like your whole staff is really phenomenal. Uh, it's, uh, mm-hmm. you're, you raised the bar at Michigan state. We're so glad to have you there. And, uh, I, I really, I think I spoke to your team like three or four times. <laughs> I know. So inspiring I know. and so much has come from it, including this really robust partnership with you guys doing as much as you can, even with all the changes at the university to help everyone vote this year. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about that. How's work going for you? I, I, I'm assuming that you're super busy, especially because it's, it's an election year. I mean, it's got to be yeah, something. Yeah, 55 days out of, uh, I think, or something. Every day gets a little bit more intense, a little yep. bit more challenging than before. Yes. Uh, and um, But it's been great. It's, it's really been a tremendous, um, exciting time, but a challenging one, too, because the political rhetoric, which I can't stand, just increases every day, too. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the unknowns that come with that. Um, but I just yeah. try to stay focused on my job and, and getting people to, the knowledge that they need in order to vote. Did you know that you wanted to be in politics when you started out? Or did you have a different plan coming out of school? No, I'm an educator. I mean, my parents were special education teachers. Yes. Uh, I've always you know, worked um, in different capacities as a journalist, as a writer, as a professor, as a dean of a law school. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and in many ways, the Secretary of State is the chief educator of voters in their state. Mm -hmm. uh, it's our job to make sure everyone knows what they need to know in order to vote. And so that's why the job appealed to me. But I, I don't like politics. Um, I don't I like data driven decision making. Sure. I don't like, you know, politically based decision making, <laughs> unfortunately, or partisan based decision making. And unfortunately, yeah. you see that more often than not in in, the, in politics, in this industry. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, um, I, I always wanted to be a teacher. Education has always been my calling. I started my career in Montgomery, Alabama, mm. investigating hate groups and hate crimes uh, oh, at okay. the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, and it was mm. there where I really connected education and informing people to the power right. of the vote uh, and became focused on voting rights. We're really grateful uh, for this nonpartisan non voting initiative, yeah. this par partnership that we have with you, your office, and MSU Athletics. Um, hopefully, we can increase the, the uh, voter registration in, on campus and then East Lansing. Um, you want to talk to us a little bit about that partnership and maybe some of the details that you're yeah. excited about? Well, yeah, importantly, I mean, Michigan State and really through your leadership, your championing of this, we, Michigan State's become one of the first schools in the country to step up and lead uh, with this robust partnership that we've had to change and adapt as students have been on and off campus and all the changes that have happened in the past few months. But, you know, we'll have, um, you know, students involved in um, you know, getting out the vote and registering to vote uh, and hosting early voting town halls. Yeah. If they're remote uh, to talk to people about how to register, how, how to vote. I, I just came from a town hall, virtual town hall. Uh, yeah. which I can do a lot more of now because so many are virtual. Uh, sure. But really connecting with people outside of politics at the mm -hmm. grassroots and talking about the importance of their voice this year is is important and there's so many changes to our elections. I mean, yeah. we're all dealing with so many changes and so Sure, many. sure. Certainly there's more options for people to vote this year. They can vote from home uh, in Michigan. I know in Colorado as well, you had a very different election system mm -hmm. where everyone has sent their ballot and you can return it. Uh, yes. Here in Michigan, you have to request a ballot be sent to you before you can vote by mail. So mm -hmm. making sure people know that and know those mm -hmm. rules. Uh, yeah. and through town halls like this, you know, important part of our partnership and mm -hmm. what we're doing with voters across the state. How are those town halls going, those virtual town halls? Do, do people have a lot of questions? Uh, is it, do you feel like they're getting a lot out, out of those town halls? Yeah, I mean, importantly, a lot of people are, you know, want to vote this year. We've seen record turnout. A lot of people want to ensure that they participate, but there's a lot of questions about how to do that, yeah. especially in the midst of so much other uncertainty right, right. now. Uh, so, um, so, you know, that, that's real, uh, and we've been working to educate folks about their choices this year. We're also going to have some stations set up here on campus here in October. And can you talk to us a little bit about that and, and how yeah, I mean, we're going to do that here? Yeah, utilizing uh, the athletic facilities, if we can, to host voting celebrations and then MSU is going to have a satellite uh, clerk's office uh, for several weeks in October where mm -hmm. students can register and uh, vote on site if they want to. Uh, and we're also encouraging members of the Michigan State community to serve as poll workers, uh, which mm -hmm. has been a really big um, need this year uh, yeah. and one that a lot of students can fill, just making sure everyone else can vote in person on Election Day. Can you talk to us a little, a little bit more about the need for poll workers and why us maybe a, a a bigger need now than in the past and, and kind of how that works? 
Yeah, I mean, our elections don't work if we don't have people administering them. If we don't have people to count the ballots or to staff the precincts on election day, they can't open. We can't count the ballots if there's no people. So, and this year, typically those people have been, um, you know, uh, people who might be immune compromised this year uh, based on their age or other factors. Uh, And this is particularly true in cities like Detroit and Flint that have been hit hardest by COVID. Uh, where you have less people able to serve as poll workers right. than in the past. Right. So we have a really important need for people who are willing to step up and serve to be poll workers and make sure yeah. we keep our precincts open and we have someone to process and tabulate the ballots. Well, that's awesome. Before uh, I found you and got you on online here, I, I talked about you being the CEO of RISE. Right. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit about how that happened and what RISE is all about? I know our football team has been partnering with Rise for the last few years. Yeah, and you have one of our one of Rise's staff members, Andrew McIntosh. Uh, yes. Michigan State has been a pilot for so many of the curriculum that Rise has developed. So Rise is short for the Ross Initiative in Sports mm-hmm. for Equality, and it's brought every league uh, together. It was started uh, in twenty fifteen to uh, unite the sports community uh, mm-hmm. to and empower uh, individual athletes and teams and leagues to promote equality, recognizing that athletes are leaders and s- the sports administrators, coaches, others are leaders as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the organizations designed to provide uh, resources and support, uh, educational and otherwise, uh, mm-hmm. to help people um, and empower people to become advocates for change, champions of change as the organization awesome. calls it. Yeah, it was great. Uh, And certainly working in sports, uh, I really enjoyed as an athlete myself and as someone who had I'd been the dean of Wayne State Law School and then uh, helped start Rise with one of our alums at the law school, Stephen Ross. And then to be able to lead it for several years before becoming secretary of state was really a great honor. What are some of the sports teams that that Rise uh, works with or has worked with in the past? We've worked with sports teams in nearly every market. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. the Dolphins, uh, the New York Giants, uh, as well as the Lions have been active partners for a number of years because mm-hmm. New York, Florida, and Detroit uh, were really the home bases of Rise for uh, at its origins. Mm-hmm. But all the way out in San Francisco, the 49ers, the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. uh, LA Rams, a number of teams have really stepped up and been a partner with Rise. And what that means is Rise provides curriculum uh, for athletes to be connected with civil rights leaders and icons and kind of you know get a deep uh, dive into the history of uh, the fight for equality in, in various different ways. Uh, and then they also host sessions where kids, athletes, and local law enforcement come together to build bridges uh, uh, u- utilizing sports. They'll play basketball or, or you know, other, other matches together and build relationships to build mm-hmm. trust in communities where it's needed. I was really inspired uh, the first time we talked to our team. And uh, so can just about uh, your passion for voting and helping people, what does RISE mean to you? Like, why did you feel like you wanted to get involved there? You know, what were some of the, what was like, like kind of deep down your motivation to to really dig in with RISE? Yeah, I mean, my life's work has been trying to be a part of the effort to promote equal access to justice, to democracy, to education, mm-hmm. to healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, and recognizing particularly the way in which systemic racism has held back communities of color from access, mm-hmm. full access, as mm-hmm. full partners in all of those uh, ranges and in sports as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really seeing sports as uh, an underutilized 
uh, resource or perhaps right. um, platform uh, yep. to push to move the needle uh, in seeking real change. And this was back in 2015. This was pre-Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, and in fact, when I took over as CEO, my first day was that day of the first game, that first preseason <laughs> game where Kaepernick took a knee. Right. And that changed everything, of course. And really, you know, the Players Coalition was formed and a number of other organizations have mm -hmm. since developed uh, that have come together to really, you know, latch on to this recognition that the sports industry has a critical role to play and has throughout mm -hmm. history in leading the way in championing equality. So I wanted to just learn from that. I wanted to be a part of it, but it was really part of my bigger aspiration to just be a part of working to dismantle structural racism wherever I was or, you know, whatever, whatever position I, I had. Do you, do you, are you finding now that um, maybe pro athletes or coaches or, you know, student athletes are just more intentional now about using their platform to uh, bring attention to voting and civil engagement? Yeah, I right think now. we've seen a combination of strength and numbers. The more people speak up, I remember early conversations with like Anquan Bolden or Malcolm Jenkins as mm -hmm. they were forming the Players Coalition, and there was a lot of concern as they've worked to build players. And LeBron James, who's you know launched more than a vote this year, there's yeah. always this question of who's willing to be the first out there, and right. and and strength then comes in numbers as other people speak up, particularly when you build multiracial coalitions as well. Mm -hmm. And so in the early stages of that, there was a lot of uncertainty. There, there, that's certainly grown in recent years, but it's been, it's grown as as the need has grown as well as the inequalities mm -hmm. have become more more rampant as the country has become more divided, uh, as the issues have taken center stage, particularly over the past six months. Mm -hmm. So you've had this combination of this awakening or reawakening um, in the sports community mm -hmm. and the <laughs> unfortunate, you know, reemergence or, or you know, or, or simply additional spotlight on um, the, the the need. Um, sure. or the challenges or the implications of structural racism and, and the true, you know, terrible things that have happened over the past year, but have happened yeah. really for centuries, for decades, yeah. for generations. Sure. So anyway, all of that has really come together in, in a particular moment where I think mm -hmm. the sports com community now is uniquely positioned to be leaders mm -hmm. in bringing the country back together uh, at a time when it's so divided. Yeah, well, before we get into some of the fun personal stuff, I got a couple questions for you. What would you like to see um, in the state of Michigan in terms of voter registration? Like, the, what are some of the goals that you have? Where are some of the maybe areas of improvement, areas of focus where you would really like to see uh, the state of Michigan go this year? I just want everyone to vote and I want everyone to believe that their vote is going to have an impact because it will. Mm. I mean, that's it. Uh, and people to be informed, engaged. Uh, and, and then for our elections to, as a result, be a full reflection of the will mm -hmm. of the people. I mean, yeah. when I first ran for office in 2010, 38% of registered voters participated. I mean, mm -hmm. like less than 40% of the citizens in our state mm -hmm. were making decisions for everyone else. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to flip that. And I think this year we might be on track to do that where you know, we may have 70 to 75% of our citizens participating mm -hmm. this November. Uh, and then my job is to make sure we've got, you know, a system set up so that when they show up to vote, they don't have to wait in line. Or if they mm -hmm. request to vote by mail, they get their ballot uh, in, mm -hmm. in an efficient manner and return it on time and that their vote counts. Mm -hmm. So um, so I, I'm a process person. I like to, you know, make things work for for people. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then I think by doing that, by making it easier to vote, more accessible, more mm -hmm. people will participate. I asked you a question a, a few weeks ago about uh, voter like interference and things like that. And what was that all about? And maybe 
some other countries, you know, interfering in, in our process yeah. and, and how they do that. And you, you mentioned what other countries may want to do is maybe this, maybe uh, discourage voters from believing in the process of voting mm-hmm. and just say, and just say, you know, what the heck would it, and can you talk to us a little bit about that? Cause I know you're really focused on that and, and really yeah. some of the misinformation and, and how it's important to, to look past that and, and still participate in the process. Yeah, I mean, there have been very real efforts to disinform voters about their rights and discourage them from voting since the inception of our democracy in different ways. Sometimes it's been legally blocking citizens, sometimes it's simply discouraging them or or even threatening with violence. And it's really this form it's taken on in this cycle. You see foreign entities trying to uh, confuse voters, uh, spread misinformation about their rights. It could be as simple as saying election day has moved or um, or don't send it. I mean, gosh, just a few weeks, I think it was last week, we learned that Detroit voters were getting a robocall uh, that uh, just an automatic robocall that when they picked up the phone, it said, if you vote by mail, your information will be turned over to authorities. We're outstanding, looking at outstanding warrants and other types of things. All of it was in, was untrue, but it was designed to scare people away right. from voting. Uh, and so that's very real this year. And whether the sources are domestic or foreign, uh, we all as a country have to protect our voters from that and protect mm-hmm. our democracy from that, uh, because it's really antithetical to what you know, a healthy, vibrant <laughs> democracy yeah. is supposed to be about. Sure. Well, I know you're super serious about what you're doing. What, what keeps you up at night? You, know, you, gotta, you have a big job. There's a lot going yeah. on. But what are some of the things that are really top of mind for you right now? Oh, my four-year-old keeps me up at night. <laughs> That's the re- re- reality. But the second thing is, that, you know, we're in this historic election cycle. With every day, there are more unknowns. You know, what's going to be tweeted out today? What misinformation is going to be thrown at voters today? Uh, yeah. And what, what I worry about is a lot of people either won't vote because they don't think their vote's going to count, or they will vote and they'll make a mistake or they won't send their ballot in time or somehow through no fault of their own will be disenfranchised. Uh, And uh, and so I I, we're always trying to look at the granular level about how we can correct for that, how we can educate more voters about their options this year. Uh, And that's why, you know, our partnership with Michigan State and with you all has been so important because, you know, people will listen to you when you when you inform citizens about their rights, they will listen to you, they will trust you. Mm -hmm. And being that trusted messenger of of truth is so critical at a time when so many others are using their platforms to spread falsehoods about uh, about the right to vote. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like to dive into a couple personal items, sure. if you if you don't mind, Madam Secretary. I know you say call me Jocelyn, but Please. I like I like saying Madam Secretary. Understood, Coach. <laughs> I got it. So I've heard that you are quite a marathon runner, mm-hmm. and that you um, do maybe two marathons a year, and then yeah. you actually finished the Boston Marathon when you were in the third trimester of your pregnancy yeah. with Aiden. Eight months pregnant. Can you talk can you talk to us about that a little bit and, and where your passion yeah. for running came from and all that? Well I I mean I love sports. I love running which is really my sport because it just shows you the what you can achieve, which oftentimes is more than you realize what you know what you're capable of. But if you take sure. one step at a time, uh, mm-hmm. which is how I approach every marathon and just like I'm approaching this election one step at a time, one day at a time, uh, working to get you know a win with every step, forward progress with every minute. 
yeah. uh, you can, that, that's how you win. Uh, and that's how, you know, that's how you achieve goals in life. Right. And so for me, running marathons really is a metaphor for life in that regard. It teaches yeah. you to be present, be patient, uh, be bold, uh, to, um, you know, seek to do things that may seem impossible, like running a marathon eight months pregnant. <laughs> but, by, but achieving it by putting one foot in front of the other and getting it done. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's really, um, it's, but that's what sports are about, right? Right. Testing our limits and demonstrating that the impossible is indeed possible. That's very inspiring. I know I'm a big fan of Peloton, even though I need to get on it more, but when I do get on it, I enjoy it. Do you strictly yeah. run or do you do any biking at all? I, run, strictly about five run? Days. I run five days a week and then I Peloton the other two. You do Peloton. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. great. It's so convenient, especially if you have it in your home and yes. you're quarantined <laughs> and there's snow outside and you can't run. It's a great it's a great way to get the, the workout in. It is. That's what that's how I discovered Peloton was yeah. during the the stay at home dust. I gotta do something, so I got one. I kinda I like man, this is really a really good deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to ask you a tough question. Okay. Um, okay, so who are you rooting for? when the Spartans and the Wolverines play. <laughs> and you I don't mean, have to, you don't have to answer that, but I, I'm, I'm, I probably know. shouldn't answer it, but I'm going to because, um, because it's to be truthful, which is, I mean, I've, um, I've been a, a Wolverine since I came to Michigan uh, for lots of reasons. Um, I, you know, we've been um, in part because of, you know, uh, my brother went to the university of Miami in, in the year that um, the Miami uh, lost to Ohio State in a national championship, so I've always hated Ohio State. So <laughs> U of M became a great thing to root. But anyway, my point is, is that I've changed this year after meeting you and working with your team. I serious over the past few months, as I said, you you brought such an extraordinary level of leadership to our state and and to Michigan State and to your football team. And so I'm rooting for you and your team all the way. Um, you've got a great group of. I mean, I've, you know, I've gotten to get get to know your your student athletes and yeah. your other coaches and your staff and you guys have just been you know so impressive and so inspiring to work with so i i am you know as as as, as someone who wants to root for you and your team and your players and your your staff i'm going to be rooting for michigan state <laughs> all year. right go all green <laughs> go green um, i i appreciate that thank maybe you so just much. in football maybe in basketball and the other <laughs> i'll go back and forth but yeah I'm, we'll just I'm talk about football, football right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Um, so sometimes I do a word of the week, like uh, word of the week Wednesday, and I pick a word and I give a definition. I've noticed that. I, I, your, your Instagram and Twitter presence is very strong and very yeah. inspiring. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a good way to connect. And mm -hmm. um, But um, I, I asked my guests on Instagram Live as we wrap up, if there was one word um, right now that you could use to describe the world, the world right now, or if there's one word that that comes to mind that you would like to um, uh, put out there to get people to, to think or inspire, what would that what would that one word be for you right now? Perseverance, I mm. think. Um, and it just is, you know, and listening to you talk and just, I mean, it just captures so much of what we all need right now. Sure. Um, we're in this moment of great uncertainty in so many ways. 
and and um, you know, in my work to give people the certainty that our elections will happen this year, they'll be on schedule, they'll be accessible, they're secure. Right. The way we achieve and we get through this fall, the way we get through 2020, the way we get through this pandemic, the way we, yeah. you know, fight through structural racism and the way, way we win football games, the way we get to this moment is through perseverance. Yeah. And that's also, you know, underscores why I love running marathons, because it teaches you, it requires you to live that perseverance with every mm -hmm. race. And um, and so, yeah, that's that's my word. That is a great word. I want to really I know you're you're, you're pressed for time. I appreciate you investing this this uh, this time with us tonight. I want to thank you for inspiring uh, my team, inspiring our fans and all of our followers. Um, and I really I really appreciate you coming on. And went so fast. I wish I could stay longer. Yeah, it went fast, but you know we'll, there's other opportunities, and we're in a partnership right now. That's right. With the um, uh, MSU Athletics, so we'll be seeing a lot of each other, and we'll continue to work at this and. Good. And uh, and uh, and voter registration and and do do what we can to to help the cause. So uh, thank you so much for coming on, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Great to see you, and I look forward to seeing you in person. Hopefully, sometime soon. Sometime soon, we'll see you soon. Right. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Thank God you. bless Have you. Have a good night. All right, bye. you too. Bye bye. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in and joining Secretary Benson and I. Continue to be safe out there. If you like this podcast. Make sure you share, review, and rate it. Don't forget to be relentless and go green. Thanks for listening to Tucker Talks. Like this podcast? Don't forget to share it, subscribe to it, and follow Coach Tucker on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Coach underscore M Tucker. And remember, when it comes to your dreams, only labels have limits. What you can accomplish is limitless when you're relentless. Relentless.